So as Jesus is preparing to leave the disciples, he is working to open their minds and he blesses them. And the result after Jesus ascends is the disciples returning to Jerusalem with great joy and a desire for continually worshiping and blessing God in the temple and in the streets and all over the place. So I wonder if we take that lesson for ourselves. What happens when the eyes of our hearts are enlightened? We know the hope that we have been called to. As we wait for the Spirit with hope, we celebrate. We celebrate and we wait and we listen because we have no other ruler than the one who reigns with love and with justice. It's a truly incredible lesson that we have to learn. Our scripture this morning is the story of the ascension, and I bring you the story using words from the writers of the Gospel of Luke and the Acts of the Apostles. I'm mixing verses together from Luke chapter 24 and from Acts chapter 1. Let's listen as this Gospel Acts writer tells us more about the story of Jesus's ascension. Then Jesus said to them, These are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you, that everything written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Then Jesus opened their minds to understand the scriptures, and he said to them, Thus it is written that the Messiah is to suffer and to rise from the dead on the third day. And that repentance and forgiveness of sins is to be proclaimed in his name to all nations, beginning from Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. And see, I am sending upon you what Abba God, our creator, promised. So stay here in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. And then Jesus led them out as far as Bethany. At this point in the story, we hear a bit from the Acts of the Apostles, the second volume of the Lucan Gospel story, where the writer clarifies the conversation between Jesus and all those who had gathered to listen to him. Those followers asked him, Lord, is the time when you will come to restore the kingdom to Israel? Is now this time? And Jesus replied, it is not for you to know the times or the periods that the Father has set by his own authority. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea and Samaria, and all over to the ends of the earth. And then lifting up his hands, Jesus blessed them. While he was blessing them, he withdrew from them and was carried up into heaven, into a cloud out of their sight. And they worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy. They were continually in the temple and in the streets and all throughout the community, blessing God. Friends, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. There's this beautiful practice in Judaism called Midrash. It's where rabbis begin with the scriptural scriptural text and then they expound upon it and they use their imaginations to 
fill the story out with more detail. I've shared with some of you before about a midrash I once heard from a rabbi preaching on a passage from Genesis, the passage where Isaac and Ishmael come together to bury their father, Abraham, and the conversation that must have taken place while they were doing that. It was really, really powerful. There are Christian midrash as well, and there's even one that considers the ascension and the way the writers of Luke and Acts describe it. And I can't pinpoint the exact authors of this particular midrash, but it's believed that it goes all the way back to the desert fathers of the third century, and it's been adapted through time. This particular midrash was shared with me by a group of young clergywomen. And I love it, and I really want to share it with you. So Jesus is again with his disciples and his followers and his friends, just like before the resurrection. He's talking and teaching them, opening their minds to the truth of the word, urging them to love one another, every single other, to feed the hungry and care for the vulnerable, to do justice and speak truth to power, to comfort the downtrodden, and to proclaim the goodness of God's abundant love and radical hospitality. Just like before, there were plenty of folks gathered around to hear what Jesus had to say. And as Jesus was teaching, he heard a voice from above, a voice from heaven per se, calling to him and saying, Ascend. Obedient as ever, Jesus began to rise. Mary was there, and Mary saw what was happening and grabbed on to Jesus's ankle. Jesus was caught off guard and and wondered what he should do, and he looked upward to that heavenly voice, and that heavenly voice assured him to continue on, ascend, ascend. So Jesus continued to rise. Well, now John, the beloved disciple, noticed and grabbed onto Jesus' other ankle. Jesus continued to teach and to speak and to say all of these incredible things that were opening the hearts and minds of those who were listening to him, to the truth of the word. And while he taught, he continued to rise. And more and more of the disciples and the apostles and Jesus' followers continued to try and grab onto him. And then they started to grab onto each other. And one by one, they held tightly and more tightly to each other. And they all continued to rise. As they rose, they would hold on tightly to the next person who was grabbing them. And they would begin the work of lifting each other up. Each one lifted another as followers of Jesus and as those who had heard of Jesus and the miracles that he wrought and the teachings that he had. They came from afar and they all came to this place and climbed up this mountain as they were witnessing this this pyramid of people with Jesus at the top that were rising and rising. Well, there was this little girl on the margins of that group. And she wasn't exactly sure of what it was that she was seeing. But she was bold enough to call out. And she said, Jesus, Jesus, wait, wait. I want to come, but I want to bring 
I want to bring my dog and I want to bring my friends and I want to bring the, the pretty sunflowers that I love to pick. Well, Jesus, all the way at the top of this pile of people, heard this little girl and Jesus from high atop that pile yelled back, grab on tight. And so this little girl, still while she was scanning the horizon, she decided that she would grab on too. So she grabbed on to the followers of Jesus and then she grabbed on to the branch of a tree. And the branch of that tree held on tight to this little girl. And everyone kept on continuing to rise and the tree began to rise too, so much that it looked like the tree might be uprooted. But the tree reached its roots down and curled up its toes and held on tight to the earth. And then the earth started to rise too, but it reached out to the sea. And the sea grabbed hold of the earth with its waves and held on tight. And no one let go. And slowly... All together, holding on to one another, lifting each other up, the whole world was drawn closer to God. I used to think of the Ascension story as a story about goodbyes. But I love the way that this Midrash reframes the idea of Jesus' Ascension drawing the whole world closer to God. I want you to think about what it means to draw close to God. How would you describe that for yourself? Is it a thin space, a place high up in the mountains or before a vast ocean where you really sense the greatness of our creator? Maybe it's a a particular time, like a, a Montreat Youth Conference or another one of those seminal events when you really felt truly connected to to the people who were with you, who also were trying to follow Jesus or connecting to God or God's creation or God's people? Is feeling close to God something that comes for you with a particular activity? Does it come when you're doing something you love, like like playing music or digging in a garden or, or painting or molding or carving or running or hiking or riding a bike or cooking or countless other things I'm sure you can think of. Perhaps closeness to God might come around a particular piece of music or the refrain of a beloved passage of scripture. Maybe it's a a particular time of year, like sharing, sharing a communion meal in a celebration and remembrance of Maundy Thursday or holding a candle and singing Silent Night on Christmas Eve. What is it about those things that brings about a feeling of closeness to God? Is it possible that a person inspires you to feel close to God? Someone you know, or someone whose words inspire you, or better yet, someone whose actions inspire you, or remind you of God, or of Jesus's servant leadership, or of the creative imagination of the Holy Spirit? To me, that's what the Midrash helps me to consider. This mental image to me of all of these followers of Jesus grabbing and latching onto one another and and lifting one another up and drawing close together as the gap between heaven and earth grows thinner and thinner and thinner until it latches. That's amazing. 
And I think it may be just what we need to consider as we think about the ways we're called to build God's beloved community in our midst. It's our invitation to follow the pattern set for us through Jesus' life and ministry by holding tightly to one another and lifting one another up and drawing close to God and to one another. So how do we strive to do that? What it is what is it that inspires us? What is it that we see in others that draws us closer to them, draws us closer to God? I see God at work drawing me closer through the witness of a doctor who works tirelessly in hospitals to heal and to bring wholeness every single day and then gives their free time to blow leaves or to answer phones. Through a teacher who spends hours crafting countless versions of lesson plans for for students in person and for students who are online some of the time and in person some of the time and even for students who aren't showing up at all online or any other way. While they're also working tirelessly to care for their family and to help their own children learn and just to keep themselves from falling into a deep depression. I'm inspired by the voices of students of color who speak up boldly to beg that their voices are heard through the protesters and community organizers calling for change and speaking truth to power around issues like gun violence and Asian and Pacific Islander hate crimes or hate crimes against any of our siblings of color. People who are working to heal oppression, who are crying out that there is this desperate need to care for the vulnerable. God's at work in these things. And what's witnessed is a collective drawing in, a witness to both the wideness of God's abundant love and radical hospitality and the closeness of the whole human family. We're drawn together and toward God in the work of God's beloved community, which is also the work of justice, which is also the work of mercy, which is always the work of love. Your words and your actions and the way you give of yourself in service to others, those things are drawing others closer to God. You are drawing others closer to God. So keep doing it. Keep holding tightly to one another. Keep grasping and rising as we draw close to one another and close to God in this holy and beautiful work. May this be so. Amen.
Let us together affirm our faith. We trust our Lord and Savior, who calls disciples to love unconditionally, who confronts brutality by refusing to take arms, and who defies racism by forming a community out of every tribe, people, and nation. Jesus aligns with people who are poor, meek, persecuted, and reviled, and calls the church to do the same. To be a Christian is to be continuously undone and remade by a Savior who encounters us in ways we might not expect, through a collection of people we might otherwise reject, screen, or censor. We trust in Jesus Christ, the servant Lord of all, whose ministry liberates the oppressed, welcomes the outcast, and upends systems of death-dealing power. Through humility and sacrifice, Jesus brings life to all and commissions his followers to do the same. We trust that God's transforming word continuously meets us anew. We trust that God is always at work in our world and in our lives, giving us joy and calling us to be faithful to the beloved community. Amen.